0: Life's Third Act is a podcast dedicated to helping you get the most out of your retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, Attorney CPA Joe Cordell features guests each week to discuss prominent topics for those over 55. Here's Attorney CPA Joe Cordell.
1: Welcome to another episode of Life's Third Act. Um, This week, we want to talk about something relating to housing. It's a big deal with all of you we know. And we try to listen to you and think about the priorities that that you have and we know that the issue of where you're going to live for this last third or so of your life is a big deal Uh, sometimes it's a plan that changes it might be that you start out with plan a and then you end up with plan b maybe plan c often that's dictated less by financial circumstances i think than then by maybe medical issues. Health or,
0: issues, definitely, I would yeah, think. Yeah, some sort
1: of incident that occurs. And it's hard to predict when those sorts of things are going to happen. But in any case, uh, we want to present to you an alternative that is consistent with the the, the preferences that I know many of you've had. And so I'll set this up a little bit. Many of you have historically said, I want to age in place. We know that's a priority. Well, we've had various guests on over the last couple of years who've suggested, who've proposed various alternatives to that and suggested that, you know, really, you don't know how good it might be in a a community circumstance or in a communal living environment which there are so many options today. So we've done a lot to present that option to you. And as you know, I'm, I'm a fan of, of that option. And, and there are lots of, of, I hate the word products. There's lots of options out there. And we've had a number of people from that industry who've been on and who've talked about it. But this week we're having somebody on who is, you know, is, offers a way for you to do what many of you would otherwise want to do, which is to stay at home. So this is a little different way to accomplish that for those of you who are determined that you're going to age where you are. And I'm not critical of that. It's not, you know, I'm not a big fan of that choice because I think there's such wonderful alternatives out there. But I know, unless the statistics have changed recently, a substantial majority of, majority of you want to stay where you are. So that's what led to this program today.
0: Yeah. And you know what? As a native St. Louisan, I've told you before, we definitely are nesters.
1: More than most. More than most. Right. More than most. Right, right. So why don't you introduce our guest, Jill?
0: We have Gretchen Kingma with us. Uh, She's the general manager of Truehold, which caters to seniors with this sales leaseback program. And now your company is a startup. It just launched, what, in July? Yeah, that's correct. Thanks so much for having me.
2: We were launched in June of 2021, started operating in the St. Louis market July of 2021.
0: Okay. So tell us how this program works
2: and, you know, give us some background. Yeah. So a little background on Truehold, uh, founded by a super smart 31-year-old man who was really sick and tired of uh, watching loved ones have the trajectory of I gotta sell my house so that I can afford one of those other alternatives. And so we thought, well, why can't we we do both? Sell the house so that we are financially and emotionally in a great position, but also decrease the burden and, and burden of care and maintenance and home ownership, so that someone could stay in place. So how could we bring what you're you're getting at those other alternatives to the home? Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So
1: so just so that, that our audience is clear. This is a means that people can stay in their house and sell their house. So I assume that they, they once they sell their house, they have the money, of course, to do with what they want. And then they become a tenant, I assume.
2: Yeah. So just to dive a little deeper into the sale lease back, I'm sure a lot of you know it's been a practice used in commercial real estate for many many years however we don't we don't see it used high level in the residential real estate space so we're bringing it to the residential real estate space at a high level to do exactly that Mr. Cordell sell your home but then stay in your home so that you can leverage that wealth that equity that's tied up in in
0: your home's value okay now your company do you just cater to seniors or is this for anyone? Yeah, that's a great question. So it is for any homeowner.
2: I will say that our long-term mission is to disrupt the senior housing space by offering uh, a a bunch of services that we're building out. So I don't want to give too much because those aren't available yet. However, our sale leaseback product or program is the engine to drive change in, in that realm. So open to anyone, yet a really great option for seniors specifically. How many clients...
0: Do you have now since the launch?
2: Yeah, since launch in 2021, nearly 100 clients in the St. Louis market. And I, I know it was a question later, but it fits here. Uh, we're expanding to both Kansas City and Cleveland in the very near future, like this month.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So
1: now, do you have um, investor capital? How have you done this?
2: Yeah, so we are venture capital backed and um, have some very... Very great investors um, obviously won't divulge our funds, et cetera, um, but that is that is a large part of our, our funding.
1: Okay. And this is superior to what I know some people are thinking that this resembles a sort of reverse mortgage.
0: Yes, that's what I was and, going to say. So,
1: I know you get this a lot. Tell me the ways in which this is superior to a reverse mortgage.
2: Yeah, I like that word superior. And in. in you said it, not me, but the ways that we are not a reverse mortgage, um, we, we like to break it down into three things. One, we're not a form of debt. So it's just a simple sell your home, cash out on on your home equity. Two, when you do a reverse mortgage, you're still on the hook for all the maintenance and upkeep of your property. When you do a sale lease back, we at Trueholder are taking on that burden. And then three, I feel like you could sit with a with a reverse mortgage lender, and there are some really great ones in our market, and talk about the terms forever, and it'd still be very, very confusing. We pride ourselves on being very, a very simple, straightforward option. So those are the three major differences.
0: So you're going to provide any upkeep, the house needs, um, real estate. Uh, you're going to pay the real estate taxes, provide the homeowner's insurance. Now, what about since they are technically renting, leasing? Do you advise that they have renter's insurance?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I do
0: want to highlight
2: that we are taking care of all those things you noted, as well as offering yard maintenance and snow removal for a very nominal fee, just as if you were moving into a low-maintenance community. And then as far as your question on renter's insurance, yes, of course, um, just like any good landlord, um, we do require renter's insurance. So that's your uh, renters, insurance, and utilities are your only out of pocket cash flow cost uh, monthly once you do the sale lease back.
0: Now, do you have to make sure the house passes an inspection after the sale? Do you have to go in and uh, check everything? Yeah, that's a great question. So, we're, we're really
2: proud to let people know that we're making full market value offers. So we are not a, we buy ugly houses. We are not a institutionalized buyer that's coming into a market to undercut people on their property values. We're making very great offers. And because of that, we do have a home inspection contingency where if something, and, and we like to be upfront that we're looking for safety and systems. So big ticket items, because we now have a larger burden of care as the new landlord to take care of those safety items. So we can ask for a concession in the form of a price reduction if something big on the systems or safety pops up on the
0: inspections. Do you ever refuse, you know, say if a home is in very poor condition and we're talking thousands of dollars in repairs? Yeah, that's a great question.
2: And Part of our mission it is. It
1: seems that you only ask great questions. Great question. Jill. I know. Every, every what time can I you say? ask a question, yeah. it turns out so it's a great a firm, question. What
2: else can I do? Well, I
1: hope she says all oh, my questions are great. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> yes. So we don't have a, a list of criteria or a buy box, as you might hear it in, in the real estate world yet we do want to make sure that it is a win-win for both us and the client. Sure, yeah. So if, if it's not going to make sense, we will decline some offers, um, but there's no set criteria on what that looks like. Okay.
1: So um, I, I'll agree with you. Without, without knowing a lot about your program, I can see where it would be superior to reverse mortgages. We've done a couple of shows on reverse we mortgages. Have. And what troubles me about that is that the concept sounds good in other words if someone says to you hey you can essentially pull your cash out of your house in the form of a mortgage but you don't have to make any payments on the mortgage until you're gone you die presumably the house would be sold at that point your loved ones could choose to pay off the mortgage but the point is there are no payments due so I see how that's attractive i, I, I but but it's in the execution that's the problem because when you when you look closer after you've you've heard this concept you think wow this is very interesting i'll pull out 95 percent of the value of my house and i won't think another thought about it and i'll let it be sold when i die but it's more complicated than that you end up with i mean it's unusual really to get much more than 50 percent of the value of your house remember they've got to allow for accumulation of unpaid interest this interest isn't paid of course because you're not making payments So the debt is technically uh, increasing on the house. Now, it may be true that they don't have any recourse, so that's good. Uh, The only source for payment of that loan on that house is the house. So it's not as if they can sue you or your loved ones. But still, in order for them to be able to give that sort of assurance to you, that means they have to be careful and not give you much money on your house. Because depending on how long you live, you can very much, they could end up underwater. They could end up with you owing when you die more than the house is worth. So the result of it is you get like 50% often less of the value of your house. Then you have all these obligations. If there's something that happens where it's devalued, if you fail to pay a property tax, there are various things that could trigger a due on sale clause. And and all this also is driven by a number of factors which are federal government related, but which still worsen the deal further. So it's it's something that if you've heard about a reverse mortgage you know you might easily get excited about it, but that's the reason whenever we talk about this on this show, I would want to look, if I were a homeowner, I'd want to look for an alternative way to accomplish that. So this is a way to pull the money out. you pull it out because you sell it. Mm-hmm. And thereafter you have only the responsibilities of a renter. Mm-hmm. and 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 uh, one another reason that's good is um, the reason I like this concept and reason we're doing the show in part, is because one of the issues that people have when they when they are looking for ways to fund their retirement is money.
0: Money, absolutely. And it, and it
1: never it never occurs to them that they have this big pot of money sitting in their house. It's as if the rules don't permit that. So somebody may have three hundred thousand dollars to live on, maybe four or five. Choose the number, five hundred thousand. But they have a house with a hundred and fifty thousand, maybe two hundred thousand equity in it. But if you ask them how much they have to live on, well, I have I have, you know, this 500000 or less after you pay taxes or wherever you have it, if you have it in a deferred taxable asset, then you're going to end up with a lot less than that in terms of spending power. So the idea that you can unleash this money and still have simply a payment of rental value. So, it, but you said this is primarily seniors. What percent of that hundred or so clients you've had so far are under 60?
2: Ooh, that is, that is a, a subpar question. I'm just kidding. That is a great <laughs> question. See, you get a great question, too. I had to catch myself. Um, that is a good question, and I 100% can tell you I don't know the percentage. I apologize.
1: Well, but do you think it's 5%? I mean, it's, it would be small, right?
2: So we are very flexible. What what makes our product so exciting is that we're very flexible in how people can use the financial tools. So where you would think that the majority would be seniors, we actually have— young entrepreneurs that want to start businesses without debt and their South City bungalows have appreciated tenfold over the past five years. And and so they're utilizing their home equity to start a business or um, uh, someone that is a young widow in their 50s and knows they need to downsize but they want to be an empowered cash buyer in a very competitive seller's market. So they're not necessarily utilizing the tool for setting themselves up for retirement, but more of a real estate tool so that they can be cash heavy when it comes to competing in the market. So it's a very versatile option.
1: So it's really anybody who really wants to stay in their home. At the same time, they want the money that's tied up in their home, the equity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So tell me though, how long is the lease? If somebody says, okay, I'll sell you my house and I'll agree to rent back and be a tenant, which is what allows you to pay a higher price for the house mm-hmm. because you know you have a tenant. But if I were in your shoes, I'd want to know I have a tenant for a long time.
2: Yeah. So our minimum lease back term is just six months and our maximum is forever. So really whatever fits the client's need, if they are one of those people that are downsizing or have have the need to move to a villa community instead of their 4,000-square-foot, two-story, the six months is going to be appealing to someone like that because then it gives them time to figure out where they're gonna land, gives them time to find that home on the market that doesn't exist right now, um, and then allows them to do it at a slower pace and be that empowered cash buyer. But someone who's a, a senior and is just looking to set themselves up successfully for retirement or even end of life, they can stay two, three, seven, ten years, depending on on their situation.
1: So they can do a 10 year lease if they want. Mm-hmm. And, or, which, of course, would expire at their death. Of course. Uh, the way the way the contracts work is as they don't stay in existence after you're gone. Uh-huh. So that's the nice thing about the contract versus a mortgage debt that is secured by real estate. It, so I'm putting myself, though, in your investor's shoes or in your CEO's shoes. And I'm thinking, um, if I'm getting a lease only six months, then I'm closer to an iBuyer. An iBuyer is somebody who, you know, offers to buy your house rather than you selling it to a third party on the market. They just say, "Look, you know, we'll give you your money in a week." And our buyers' offers have gotten better. Meaning, used to it was just it was bottom feeding. You know, they were looking for for people who were in really difficult or were just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they, they they give they they walk around all day long. Historically, these people in the industry uh, who you know what is it. Uh, we buy ugly houses or things like that, um, so they go around all day long making insulting offers, figuring that sooner or later somebody says yes, which they do, right. Statistically, but I buyers came along and they started making reasonable offers. So reasonable, in fact, that uh, Zillow, Zillow uh, had to jump out of the market and lost billions of dollars because they had all these houses they they paid too much for. Mm-hmm. So I buyers, I don't think, have the reputation of this this element in the market that would feed off of people's crises and it's if you say that you're down to a six-month requirement I'm looking at you as having the criteria though of an eye buyer which doesn't mean a bad offer but it can't be as generous as it would be as somebody who says to you I'll sign a five-year lease which then I can see from your standpoint you can give them more money Mm -hmm. it's a win-win but how do you offer them the best deal And and probably the answer is you don't on a six-month lease.
2: Yeah, it just depends. Everybody's favorite answer depends on the neighborhood, depends on the property taxes, depends on if there's a huge HOA, depends on all of those factors, the offer that we can give. If someone is saying, I think I'll be out in six months, but there's potential it'll be eight, 12 months. For, For example, I'm working with someone right now, real person, has a lovely ranch in Arnold, Missouri, and he wants to downsize to Florida. He has no idea where he's gonna land in Florida, yet he knows that he needs to be cash heavy in order to buy anything in Florida right now. Sure, because yeah. the pandemic has left a lot of people moving to Florida. The, the
1: cost per square foot between Arnold and, <laughs> and Naples.
2: <laughs> it's it's different. Night and day. So so we went back and forth and and my our final the final question is always, well, what is most important to you? Is it most important that you get the cash out so that you can ha- be a flexible buyer down the road? Or is it most important that you stay for seven years? Is it most important that you sell and find your next place at six months? And we work with the client to, to figure out what's most important, and then the offer will reflect that. You're absolutely right.
1: But I would I would think that most of your buyer, unless you're going to emphasize the iBuyer piece, but if you want to emphasize what I think really makes this special is where you're saying to people, look, we we want to focus on people who want to live in their houses.
2: Absolutely. Because it
1: does allow you to give a better offer.
2: It does. And I would be remiss to not mention my background is in occupational therapy before I went into real estate. And that's why I was so aligned with Truehold, because we're also willing to do some, some minor home modifications in order to allow people to stay in their house longer. So if Gretchen has to move out of her home because she just can't get her legs in and out of her tub anymore. Truehold will also entertain a sale lease back where we're also going to modify the the tub situation to create a step-in or a roll-in shower so that Gretchen can stay long-term. So that's another level of our offering that that makes us unique um, and, and different from a regular eye buyer.
0: Now, what happens if someone signs, say, a five-year lease? Two years into that lease, they have a stroke, they have to go into a skilled care facility. Are they responsible for the rest of that lease, the three years? Well right.
2: the good news is that we only do 12-month leases. So we, we're not we're not signing five, five-year leases at oh, this time. Not. Oh you're not. Okay. So it's they're re-upped every year. If if it was a contingency on price or offer on a one-off situation, we, we might work in a five, three, five. 10-year lease. Um, but right now, the way that we operate is just a 12-month lease with option to terminate at that six-month mark. And at that six-month mark, all is required is a 30-day notice that you're going to be moving out.
1: Well, wait. So, how does somebody know that they can stay 10 years? Uh, do you, Are they given option, guaranteed options or...
2: Yeah, so I to not go too deep into our contract, we do have a lease agreement that favors, frankly, the tenant in, in its language. And um, we would, if someone's paying the rent, we have no no way to terminate that lease. So that is our lease agreement, is what protects the tenant. Um, and then going a step further, you mentioned how how can you make sure someone can stay? We work very closely with well known financial advisors because we recognize that for a lot of people, this unlocking the equity in their home is a is a, a rare concept. B, might be the first time that somebody is getting 250 dollars dollars $400,000 check put right in their bank account. So we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing in setting our clients up for financial success. And so we're partnering them or re- referring them to, to partner um, resources as well so that they can make sure they're not going to go to Biloxi, Mississippi, and cash out on their home equity.
1: Right, right. So I'm still wondering why you wouldn't want to go for a longer-term lease. Why does it make more sense to do one-year leases if if you're a tenant? It's like, for example, the analogy would be an office building. Mm -hmm. I can tell you there's never been Mm -hmm. an office owner born who did not prefer a longer-term lease. I mean, in other words, the goal is how long will they go? And if you can get companies to sign twenty-year leases, which some do, then the landlord is prepared to spend a ton of money in what's called TI, or mm-hmm. thats tenant improvements. So, in that industry, you know, it's just—it's just, it's just a, a, an accepted truism that you want people to stay as long as they can. Um, and since you have a tenant whose motivation. Uh, a a substantial portion of your tenants whose motivation would be to stay as long as they can in the house, it looks like you'd want to, you'd have an offer that would assure them of that.
2: Yeah, that is a great question. A great point.
1: See, I got one. Yeah,
0: you you You
2: got two now. (laughs) And I, I don't, I am not saying that we will not do a three, five, but our standard is 12. And I think, honestly, I'm not, sure why I'm just the messenger I think likely established because of the amount of volume that we're doing to have a streamlined process yet again our mission statement is to be honest human and helpful in all that we do so we're nothing is a cookie cutter situation with us we're very flexible and willing to meet clients where they are in order to make it a win-win for both parties
0: well and I just think it would be more of a risk because you know as we age we know things can happen we can have a stroke uh, Alzheimer's, anything. Yeah, it would you know? have to have
1: those. You're right. I mean, at least that would meet the needs of this market that mm-hmm. we're talking about here would have to be one. I think they'd want to know that as long as they can stay in the house physically and financially, that there's no obstacle to that. But yeah, it would have a provision that would say, and, and if I were a landlord, I'd be okay with this. I'd say, well, look, of course, if you have a stroke. You know, if if you show me, uh, if you show me, uh, you know, a doctor or some evidence that you can't stay here, you know, just like in lots of Mm contexts, employment situation, you know, there's lots of contexts where, fine, that you're released. So um, I wouldn't see that being a problem, but I would think that that would be something that'd be very valuable. If I'm a potential tenant Mm -hmm. or if you approach me at this deal and I really love my house, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel confident that I, that that I would have to count on somebody telling me every year that they're willing to do it again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, meaning the the landlord, right? But but you you say that you think that if somebody wanted to do have options for a five years, for example, uh, that you think that could be absolutely
2: done. to your point, we'd be remiss to not um, right. Yeah. So absolutely, it can be, and we have done we have done longer term leases with some of our clients. It's just not a, our typical client. Um, our typical client is a 12-month lease that they re-up at, at the anniversary of the closing date.
1: At the client's preference. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, there may be more of those among older people than I would suspect. But but what really makes you guys stand out is is the the piece that, that you can keep them in their home. Because mm-hmm. um, otherwise, it's just, it's an eye-buying sort of option.
0: Yeah. Know? And if you ever had a client um, that you met and you're thinking, hmm, this might not be a good idea for this client. You know, it's a two-story home. This client is having problems, difficulty walking. Uh, you may see some possibly cognitive impairment. You might say this might not be a good idea.
2: Absolutely. Actually, my very first client on the job. So I uh, had my own business really loved the Truehold mission, left my business and and jumped in with Truehold. And my very first client went out to meet her at her home and realized very, very quickly uh, that she was not going to be a fit because of cognitive deficit. So I reached out to the attorney who referred her to me and said, I don't feel comfortable. It would be absolutely ridiculous for me to even have the conversation. Um, And so since then, she has... She was actually hospitalized, had a UTI, and and luckily UTI. I went out there. Yes, a urinary, urinary tract, tract infection. infection.
1: You know about this? There you go. Do. It
2: can it can make seniors' cognitive status go through. Go, it does.
1: My. Now, I wonder why that is. Well, We're getting off. We don't subject. even go
2: into anatomy, but I was just happy that I. I was happy that I went out there to talk to her about the sale leaseback because that led us to getting her the help she needed. But yes, absolutely will not will not move forward if, if it's not a good fit. Um, and if someone is cognitively not with it, that's mm-hmm. that's just unacceptable.
1: You know, so, I mean, I really think you all are on to something. Um, you know, it, it, the, the thing about lengthening the leases aside, the idea that you can provide additional services, you know, there's a guest that we're going to have on um, in... When we do? Oh, is he today? He's today. Okay. So we'll, we'll actually be, we won't, we won't air that today. It'll be a subsequent episode, but it's interesting how that goes. It fits perfectly with what you do. For example, this concept is that people who want to stay in their home, this is a full service relationship. Now, I don't know what all that includes, but it would, it would include certainly maintenance of the property, which as a landlord, you all would do, but it includes everything else. Mm. So it's kind of like the thing that's missing. For example, if you go into community living, everything's done. Mm-hmm. You know, If it's a, if it's independent, everything you don't need, everything you don't want to do is still done. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's assisted living, same thing and, and all the way to skilled care. So the, the home deal is it has you turning into this sort of general contractor managing all these relationships, some of which relate to the real estate, but a number of which do not, mm-hmm. whether it's shopping or cooking or or, um, you know, taking care of things in the home, traveling to and fro. So it's often because of this miscellaneous list of stuff that people end up having to sell their home. But mm-hmm. maintenance is a big deal on the house, but still it's all this stuff of which there may be 10 different professionals or, people, whether or not they're professionals, people that you would deal with, service providers, in order to stay in your house.
2: I feel like I failed you, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I feel like a bad infomercial. Wait, there's more, because <laughs> Truehold is really excited to have just hired a director of care to cover the things exactly that you're, you're talking about, and we just hired another occupational therapist, because I'm partial to OTs, uh, from Washington University. She graduated from Washington University as a senior care manager, and she's helping us build that that portion out of exactly what you're talking about. Can, can our tenants get on their telehealth appointments through their iPads? Can they work their Instacart grocery delivery if they can't make it to the grocery store? Can they make it to the grocery store? And, and doing monthly check-ins with senior tenants to make sure that there's nothing that's sticking out as, as a potential issue. So we're really all about taking a community
0: a proactive community health approach. So this would be a separate service.
2: No, that will be that's included for our senior clients when they do a sale leaseback. They'll have check-ins from from our senior care manager.
1: Wow, wow, it's good we. Brought it's good this you piece brought that up. up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this does sound very similar. So in addition to the real estate you mentioned, it's you do the other stuff. You at least you're involved in the other stuff, and you may end up doing those other things mm-hmm. as well. And I know that that you're so early in your company's, you know, business uh, development that that these things probably will some will be added over time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it, that's interesting because this other business has nothing to do with the house. Meaning they don't they don't own the house, they don't buy houses, um, they just undertake to do all those things that people need done if mm-hmm. they're living at a house. So, um, yeah. That's interesting. So, it makes it makes it more attractive.
0: Right. So does this impact the cost of what they would get out of their home, it, you know, with these services, I would imagine?
2: We're building out the idea to be anything you can get in senior living, we want to bring that to the home. So at a baseline, there will be a cost that is all included, senior care manager checking in, that will be included in your, in your okay. rent. But as we add on services, whether that be – A.D.L. assistance or just companion care—all of those things that cost—that th- gotcha. will be an added cost. Okay. But that that product is not built out yet, so to to be coming. But to here's coming. here's
1: mm-hmm. what'll be a challenge: is um, is this business going to be primarily a real estate play? And I use the word "play" to me in a way I don't like that phrase because it's it's just talking about profitability methods. Uh, but it's not a bad thing. But, but it seems that there's one set of skills associated with real estate, managing a real estate uh, a business and whatever its form, including the one you're doing now. And then another set of skills, you know, you're smiling, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. you're an occupational therapist. A whole nother set of skills you associate with a, a, a I won't use the word play, a business a model mm-hmm. that is associated with, you know, trying to come in and provide all this care for people like they were in a communal facility, be able to get that sort of care in their home. You know, those two, can they both coexist? These real estate guys and this this other thing? Cause I think that'd be hard to pull off for a business.
2: Well, you shall just wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up. We're doing it. Yeah. Well, Stay tuned. I, yes. I can
1: see how it would be yeah. I can see how it'd be irresistible. Because I mean you are you have this incredible opportunity, and I do agree, if you buy somebody's house and let them stay in it and give them all their equity, which is the big problem with reverse mortgages, is you get 50% or less of your equity and you have a lot of headaches. Whereas with this, you know, you get 100% of your equity and you get to stay in your house. Um, that's a great start but it almost invite it almost invites that next step yeah. that you're talking about. Absolutely.
2: And that's why at the very beginning I meant that the sale leaseback is is our offering, our amazing offering, but that's the engine that's helping us drive change in the in the senior housing space. Gotcha. So that's how I would summarize summarize where we are right now.
0: Now, do you only serve certain areas within St. Louis or
2: No, we're we're basically all across the map. Um Wentzville to Arnold to St. Louis City to Sunset Hills to Creve Coeur we're, we're we're pretty much everywhere.
0: Now right now where are most of your clients? There's
2: no it's, ev- You're not it's seeing very a pattern. widespread. You're- there are, I mean if you if you know anything about St. Louis architecture, you know where the 50s ranches are, those are going to be great opportunities for us and likely a lot of original owners. So I'm sure you could piece the Piece the puzzle mm-hmm. together on where are the nineteen fifties, sixties ranches, little brick ranches that sure. have have their original owner yeah. and, and we have a like handful South of South
0: County maybe
2: Yeah, Crestwood, South uh, County Flores. Um so but it would be yeah, it would be silly for me to say one area because we are so across the map.
1: But these sounds like they're primarily people who've been in their house a long time. They're not somebody who's moved into it in the last five years and decided, I really like this house and I want to stay, but I want my equity. First of all, they probably don't have much equity. So I can mm-hmm. see how I can see how this would naturally draw a person who's been in a house long enough to accumulate a ton of equity. They paid down their mortgage, much of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they have all this cash locked up that they cannot enjoy. Mm-hmm. So you guys come along, give them an offer, they, they sign the lease. Is that done simultaneously, the lease and the closing?
2: So the way that our offer goes from start to finish is that you reach out to, to us at Truehold and you say, I have a property at 123 Main Street I would like an offer for. We ask you all sorts of questions. We like to say we're going to ask you 100 questions up front so we're not, you know, ruining your day on the back end so that we can – present the the best offer possible. We're inputting all that information to our real estate team and our underwriting team. And within 48 hours, we're turning around our offers. And on the offer sheet, we have an offer cover letter, and it has the purchase price with three to four comparable sales, as well as the rent price, the lease back amount, with three or four comparable rents that we have found um, in the market. So, uh, again, to that honest piece, we're being very upfront about how we're picking our numbers. You mentioned that lovely company that starts with a Z. We are not just opening an app and looking at the Zestimate. There's there's a lot of... Um, a lot of math that goes into it. Good. And I think
1: that was one of the fatal flaws with Zillow. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of thought and a lot of intentionality that goes behind our offers. And then we're presenting the client with the offer within 48 hours. And at that time, if they say, yay, let's move forward, we're putting it on the SLAR, which is St. Louis Association of Realtors. We're putting it on the Missouri Residential Sale Contract. Again, so that it's all standardized. We didn't come up with our own contract. We're using the -the run-of-the-mill contract for the St. Louis market. And then you're getting a copy, a sample of our lease at the time of signing your sale contract. So you have the time from contract to closing to review that lease, and then you're not signing the lease until closing day at the title company.
0: Okay. And so- What's the turnaround time? How long are we talking? Like so standard 30 days? is 30
2: days. We can do quicker if someone is in financial distress or needs, you know, pre-foreclosure or needs money for a medical issue. You know, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa are being discharged from the rehab hospital and we need all this equipment to stay at home, but we can't fund it. Again, we cater to our clients. And so whatever their need is. But we can, but
1: but what may, gives you more credibility is you're not... Um, counting on somebody being in a crisis, in a catastrophic situation. I mean, often the, the people historically who were in the you know, quick close business mm-hmm. were people who are shopping for desperation.
2: Absolutely. And,
1: and you, you'll help in desperation, mm-hmm. but your business model is not based on desperation.
2: Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you picked up on that. Our team actually talked about that today of how we don't want our marketing message to be out of desperation because we just want to be another tool in the marketplace that creates optionality for homeowners to to leverage the equity they have in their home.
1: Very good. Yeah. Um,
0: I like this concept. Yeah. I'm so glad you like it. Yeah. I do.
1: I think I'd like it as an investor too. Uh, and as our as our viewers know, I like to always say this though, because it Give, it's what gives this show credibility. It's right. the fact that we don't have financial relationships with anybody we have on here. We don't get paid. It's we have no financial interest in in whether or not they succeed or fail. What what we're interested in is having businesses on that we think sound interesting and promising to you, because our interest is in pleasing you. And in order to do that, we have to give you wonderful content. <laughs> so I don't know where you came across Truehold.
0: I you know what. I was doing research for the show, and somehow, I, as I told you on the phone when we first discussed Mm -hmm. having you on, I came across your company. It just magically appeared. Well,
2: I'll tell you, when I came on with Truehold, I was doing research on... Elder law attorneys and came across Tucker Allen and had the best coffee meeting with Miss Kimberly Van Camp. Really, and we've been long, long lost friends. We we got along really well, and she's been such a great connector in the community. So, I'm glad it what was. What about I
1: mean, that? I didn't know that you had that connection.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Very oh good. Goodness.
2: She recognized Small King World. World as being Dutch, so I appreciate. It. Now I'm it's impressed that Dutch. with that. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, So uh, we'll have to have you back and we'll have to get an update maybe in six months, maybe a year out. And and because I'm interested to know, um, and I think our audience will be interested to know how successfully you add on these additional services, because I can see where that really makes the deal attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being on, Gretchen.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: This has been another episode of Life's Third Act. Till next time, take care.
0: You've been listening to Life's Third Act, a podcast for thriving in retirement. Sponsored by Tucker Allen, your estate and elder law advisors. Each week, we discuss topics and answer questions to help you better plan for your future. For more information, visit TuckerAllen.com. Subscribe and listen again next week for another edition of Life's Third Act. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements.